0: Shut up, and sit down. I forget what hour of daylight I'm on right now, of, of consciousness, but it's definitely in the high teens. Um, so... Welcome to another episode of the Superhero Movie Club, a community of superhero movie fans, all nerds welcome. But please wipe your feet at the door. I'm your comic book culture host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Keller Hutzma, and the scientific scholar,
1: Ben Anderson. SHMC is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week, we continue our journey exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently. So we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the
2: movie. Whether it's money, comic books, music, science or bit a little little SHMC talks about it all in this week's episode. Oh great. I get to see your nerd lab! Suspension? Hey! Huh. Who are you?
1: Uh, I'm. Go go. This is my brother, hero
2: Welcome to the Nerd Lab. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen electromag suspension on a bike before. Zero resistance, faster bike. But, not fast enough. Yet.
1: Whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh. whoa, whoa! Do not move! Behind the line, please! Hey, Wasabi! This is my brother, Hero. Hello, Hero. Prepare to be amazed.
2: Catch. Wow. Laser-induced plasma? Oh yeah. With a little magnetic confinement for uh ultra precision. Wow. How do you find anything in this mess? Wow. Uh-huh. I have a system. There's a place for everything? Everything in its place. Need this? That's, you can't do that! This is anarchy! Society has rules! Excuse me! Coming through! <laughs> oh my gosh! You must be hero! I've heard so much about you! Mwah, Perfect timing! Perfect timing! That's a whole lot of tungsten carbide. 400 pounds of it! Come here, come here, come here! Come here. You're gonna love this! A dash of perchloric acid, a smidge of cobalt, a hint of hydrogen peroxide, superheated to 500 Kelvin and... ta It's pretty great, huh? So, pink. Here's the best part.
0: Whoa. I know, right? <laughs> Chemical metal embrittlement.
2: Not bad, Honey Lemon. Honey Lemon... Go-go? Wasabi? I spilled wasabi on my shirt one time, people! One time!
1: Fred is the one who comes up with the nicknames.
2: Uh, who's Fred? This guy, right here! Ah! <gasps> uh, uh, don't be alarmed. It is just a suit. This is not my real face and body. The name's Fred. School mascot by day, but by night... <laughs> I am also a school mascot.
0: Big Hero 6, and yes, there will be spoilers. A little, a little. okay let's go with first opinions around the board uh you know what I don't think I've started in a while big hero six what? A fantastic, charming movie. I mean, come on, it's got all, everything you need—a uh, fun kid adventure, a lot of characters with a lot of different powers and personalities that someone can, you know, you can always, you always had fun as a kid being like, "Ooh, I'm, I'm gonna be Honey Lemon. No, I'm gonna be Wasabi. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be Baymax," and you can, you can just pick one, and it's, 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 you know, it's, it's simple and fun. Um, it tells a good message of recovering from depression while <laughs> it doesn't really cover the the symptoms of depression because we don't really see hero that disabled for a long time he's they start the recovery process right away it it does it really bring light to the issue of what is needed to really recover from loss uh, of a loved one and and you know how the five stages of grief aren't really the num like the go to method of describing the grieving process anymore because because whether it's bargaining or hatred or denial it's all of those feelings get mixed up and they come at different moments they don't all just come in a certain five step order uh but but big hero 6 turns that big message into a fun superhero action film and uh for kids and and family and it's full of just charm and and whimsy it's very rewatchable and a lot of great adult and kid humor in it but uh, tell me what you thought ben
1: real good it should have won the oscar except that you know the people who award oscars are full of shit and how to train your dragon 2 blows
0: ben um, ben, ben stop it did win the yeah, oscar it did yes I
1: thought you were just you were just saying that How to Train Your Dragon two won the Oscar just no, before we started this.
0: We proved that was wrong. I looked it up on Wikipedia before we started this. I said T- Big Hero six totally won.
1: Well, you you could have told me that before we started. Recording.
0: I said it. I said uh, it out you loud. You could have
1: made sure I was listening before you said it. Oh, I so can't this, see
0: your face. I can't tell. This
1: this definitely deserved the Oscar. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. And the story was solid. The animation was beautiful. Just a solid, solid movie. Better than anything Pixar has done since Wally. e No, since Up, for it, sure. Was this a Pixar movie? Oh, no, Toy Story 3. This is not a Pixar movie. It's better than every Pixar movie since Up except for Toy Story 3.
0: Hold on. What was the studio company? Was it? Is this Disney Studios? Yeah, this is just Disney.
1: Oh, okay. It, yeah, it's Disney Not Pixar.
2: Popcorn Skyler. Oh, it's me. Uh, Yeah, I think the word uh, charming has been thrown around enough here, Uh, but I'm going to agree. I mean, it's a charming, fun, zippy uh, animated movie that has a lot of heart and character and some pretty awesome production design. It's a lot of fun. I can't think
0: of a whole lot of things wrong with it, and uh, it's a good time all around. All right. um, Guys, uh, I like your first opinions, but if you like the film so much, at least uh, please conjure up one example of why, specifically. Because otherwise, we're just sort of throwing buzzwords out into the wind. And it's, and you know, anyone can say, fun, charming, awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, you know, just, you know, elaborate. Why'd you, why'd you like it? What was one moment that really hit you of why you liked or disliked this movie? There's, there's just like...
1: The, the, a lot of the animations are just like really, really detailed, and the the setting of what what is it, San Fran Tokyo or something? San Fran Tokyo. It's it's a cool looking cool looking city, and is like futuristicy but timeless in a way that's that's really yeah. I like the
2: setting's really cool.
1: It's well animated. Solid movie.
2: I was gonna say you know you can't really pick out one thing because the movie exists. As a whole is so good, but then I can definitely say that if all the parts are working so well it's that's because it's a a tight movie, and that it there's not a whole lot of fat to trim on it, really. It gets to the point, gets through it, and uh finds some depth in it
0: too uh if we're going to criticize this movie for one thing, I just want to make sure that we're we're pulling the other side here by saying this film had a kind of a lame villain.
1: A list of follow-up boy songs they could have used for the end credits. Like, they <laughs> chose the lamest one they could find.
0: <laughs> the lamest one they could write. <laughs> yeah. Well, I only say that because, because you know, Callahan's main plot motivation is that his daughter daughter died by the hand of a business mogul. And his response is to murder everything about that business mogul, everything he loves – and, you know, that's fine, but the moment when Hiro confronts him about how Callahan's vengeance streak led to Tadashi's death, Callahan is like, that doesn't matter! And you go, okay, come on, dude, show some sympathy here, because you're doing this for the exact same reasons Hiro is fighting you. Like, and, and well, think <laughs> you, know you haven't become, uh, like, heartless in every single aspect and just a two-dimensional, I-only-fight-for-revenge nonsense guy.
1: I mean, if you've ever read um, Paulo Ferreri, I think his name is, but uh, his, his seminal work of philosophy, Pedagogy of the Oppressed, um, in that he talks about how people who are oppressed and then get power don't really learn from their experience as the oppressed class and will just turn around and oppress the people who were their former oppressors. So in that sense, like, yeah, <laughs> I kind of get it yeah okay let's let's not get like specific here um but in the context of the film, he you know had this had this tragic thing happen to him you know the, then when he's confronted be like hey you you did this like exact same thing you know, the the brain the human brain rationalizes that kind of thing away. We don't really see the other side of it even when we've been there A
0: little I don't bit know different.
1: if that made sense. It does. It does. Just read read pedagogy of the oppressed. I found it as a free PDF
0: somewhere. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of the oppressed, man, my I can never segue into money well. I really Your Your segues are terrible, just, Skylar. Tell us about money. <laughs> 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 oh money, yay! Okay.
2: Uh, how much money went into this movie? Hundred and sixty five million. How much Holy did cow? Out of it? <laughs> That's that's a fair amount for an animated movie. Yeah that's a lot for an animated movie I really think so but if you think that's a lot let's talk about how much it got back which was 222 million in the US alone 435 million elsewhere for 657 million across the whole globe that's a lot that's a lot of money
1: uh,
0: for an animated movie,
1: well... That's almost as much as I make in an hour. Hey, mm. Yeah.
0: Why are you on this podcast if you're so freaking rich? Because yeah. I
1: have so much money, I don't have to work. <laughs> I, can ju- I can just shoot this shit with you dicks for three hours every night.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, Eddie... By every night, I mean once a week. <laughs> so tell me, Eddie, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? <laughs> what does someone, that someone will get that reference. I hope
0: so. <laughs> I didn't. Um but but okay so so big hero 6 box office breakout uh animated movie animated movies do gangbusters at the off- box office usually just because you've got the kid market and the parent market um and they all have to buy tickets. Uh so it's not really that uncommon, but it is it is a little uncommon for for such a a, a random movie about like Japanese super kids, uh, and then it goes on to win the Oscar animated movie of the year.
2: Right, it didn't face too much competition at the Oscars from big, well-known animated movies, but it did also uh, open in a pretty advantageous weekend, which is first weekend of November. Its main competition was Interstellar, which goes for a completely different audience. And it had a lot of staying power for over the holiday season. So it got to be a success basically because it was good. It came out at a time when people would go see it and see it again. And it got the awards boost too. So, Yeah. So way to go, marketing team. Disney is nothing it, if not marketing.
1: Was it, for the Oscar, was it only up against How to Train Your Dragon 2 in the Lego movie, or was there
0: other... It was Box Trolls, How to Train Your Dragon 2, uh, The Song of the Sea... And then some random animated movie from Japan. Was it a, a... It
2: might have been a Miyazaki one.
0: Yeah, the Miyazaki studio, because Miyazaki oh, isn't okay. making films anymore. But his studio is Ghibli Studio. Ghibli, yeah. Ghibli, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, uh, and it terrible? And Lego did not get nominated for Best Animated Picture, which was probably the biggest snub of yeah. the Yeah. Which is
2: probably exactly. the reason that Big Hero 6 won.
0: Well, a train it's, dragon definitely, fucking got it's definitely competition. I mean, I'd say. it's uh, Either one would have won fair, but Lego movies should have been nominated if Box Trolls was nominated. Right. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the comic book characters involved in Big Hero 6. And while there are a lot of characters and they all have a very nice, uh, uh, not very well-rounded history, but they all previously existed, almost all of them, they didn't, weren't very prevalent for a long time. It's not like Guardians of the Galaxy, where uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy team, nobody really knew about them, but like, that comic book had been around for years um, I, in one way or another. I feel it's worth
2: just restating that, yes, this movie is based on a comic book, which <laughs> not many
0: people know. <laughs> Yeah, and um, in this comic book, of course, existed in the greater Marvel universe. This was uh, an attempt at, at Marvel to create a Japanese super team that would be like the Avengers in Japan. So it was called Big Hero Six, and they had only they, this team was only in eight. Total title comics. They had shown up in uh, several different Alpha Flight comics, the Canadian superhero team, every once in a while, but all characters from Big Hero 6, uh, aside from Sunfire and Silver Samurai, are credited to be created by Steven Siegel and uh, Duncan Rollo in 1998 because they premiered in a three part miniseries called sunfire and the big hero six uh, eventually those two characters sunfire from the x-men and the silver samurai also from x-men mutant fame would would leave the team even though they were the two leaders and they would be replaced by characters known as ebon samurai it's just a silver samurai knockoff And a heroine from Marvel's Microverse known as Sunpire, who is just the female equivalent of Sunfire. And eventually those two would be replaced when Big Hero 6 would again get its title back in a five-issue run in 2008 by Chris Claremont and David Nakayama. And those two were replaced by Wasabi No Ginger and Fredzilla characters. So let's talk about those characters then. Uh, so we start off with Wasabi, no ginger, and you know him as the uh, Dame, Dame, Damon Waynes Jr. voiced character in Big Hero 6 uh, who had laser swords. Well, in the comic book, he is a is a Japanese chef who is highly trained at channeling his key energy into plasma swords and – well, key swords and throwing knives. That's about it. Again, these characters—they never really had time to to really flesh out any backstories. So the little ones were just sort of—I mean, I think Wasabi No Ginger's only been in probably six comic books total. Uh, next up is Fredzilla, and he can turn into a giant lizard that looks like uh, Godzilla. He's uh, like a human-sized Godzilla, pretty much, maybe eight feet tall. Breathes oh. fire.
2: I get it. His name's Fred, and he looks like
0: Godzilla. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, guys. That's Fredzilla. Yep. Um, not as much uh, charm as TJ Miller brought to the character in The Big Hero 6, and plus this guy had actual superpowers, but that's really it. I mean, he was he's in even less than Wasabi no Ginger. But now we get to... Characters that have uh, been around since the team's inception in 98 with Gogo Tamogo. Uh, she is the she is the one who runs on a... what? She had electromagnetic boots, wheels, that she ran around on and threw discs. Uh, well, in the comic book, she wears a suit that is able to convert her body mass into thermochemical energy after she says her name aloud. So... Lame, first of all, ever having to say your name aloud to activate a power outside of Captain Marvel or Shazam.
1: I would argue that it's way less lame than The Rock when he's like, <laughs> it's clobbering time. <laughs> the thing? Oh, is it the thing? Shoot. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. When Dwayne Johnson of the Fantastic Four... <laughs> <laughs> I think you've uh, just cast for the next... Uh, Fantastic Four movie.
1: <laughs> I would watch. Uh, I if they make the next Fantastic Four movie and Dwayne The Rock Johnson isn't the thing, I'm gonna not see it.
0: Well, uh, I don't think you were gonna see it. I think it would take a lot for you to go see that sequel. Uh, more on uh, Gogo is she has a she has a criminal past. She was in yakuza and a motorcycle gang when she was like 18, and she's known as the Team Hothead. Not the team cool chick who blows bubble gum and really is kind of a side character. I mean, Gogo didn't say a whole lot in the movie, did she? Not so much. Certainly not her name. (laughs) Next up, we have Honey Lemon, real name Aiko Miyazaki. And I believe in the movie she is not Japanese. She is Hispanic because Genesis Rodriguez voices her. And uh, while it's not really plain yeah, stated in
1: playing a particular character doesn't indicate anything about their race, gender or anything.
0: Well, there's multiple references where in the movie she corrects Fred when Fred speaks incorrect Spanish. Um,
1: oh yeah, that's right. She probably is Hispanic.
0: Yeah. So, well, like it's so it's very subtle. It's um and at the same time it's never really confirmed. It's just the fact that Genesis Rodriguez is Hispanic. So it's kind of assumed. But Honey Lemon gets her powers from her power purse. Well, we all saw Honey Lemon's power purse in the film where she would hit a bunch of buttons that were different elements on the periodic table and then she would get a ball of magic to come out. And sort of the similar but way cooler thing happens in the comic books, and from a comic books perspective, in that it is she has a power purse That is technology of her own design that combines the power of pim Particles, which we all know deal with size changing, mixed with nano wormholes so that it allows her to shrink and store any object of desire into limitless pockets of different areas of the universe. And she's able to pull everything out and and retrieve it at, at any time. So honestly, like... People will say something like, "Oh man, we really could use a fire extinguisher right now," and she's like, "Oh, okay, I got one of those," and she'll so just pull it right out of the power purse because she has anything you could possibly need. She, when Sunfire left, um, they're like, "Oh, we need a new hero who can deal with fire." Oh, I got one of those. She pulled Sunfire out of the microverse and she's like, "Hey, you're on our team now." She's Hermione from book
1: seven of Harry Potter.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> she just there's just anything in the purse pulls it right out. Uh next character I want to talk about is Baymax. And Baymax is not a nurse bot like he is in the film. He is actually uh he was built by Hero uh with the and programmed with the brainwaves of Hero's dead father. Uh Baymax is powered by water, and uh, originally he's he's Hero's bodyguard, chauffeur, and sort of new father figure. Since he's got like he's got the brain patterns of his father, but he's not actually his dad. He's still Baymax, completely different. Um, but he has still uh the like the emotional lingering feelings that his father had. So it's a weird attraction to Hero's mom, even though he's a robot, and uh, of course an affectionate uh, relationship with Hero. So, but, he's basically in, the vision. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but vision had Wonder Man's waves, And so Baymax is, is, is powered by water, and he could transform from a humanoid butler into this big reptilian monster. That was how they designed him. They called him a, a synthomorph or something. And you're like, oh, that's a robot, apparently. It looks like a big lizard gargoyle, but it's a robot. When they redesigned him in 2008, they made him look like a robot. Uh, <laughs> so it looks – but he's not nearly as cuddly. He's much more stern and, uh, and, and protective of Hero. So let's talk about Hero. Originally, his name was Hiro Takachiho, not Hero uh, Hamada like it is in the film. I'm guessing they just changed it because Hamada sounds better than Takachiho, and I might be pronouncing Takachiho wrong. Therefore, good reason to change that name. Uh, he's a brilliant inventor child. He's a huge fan of the Mutant Sunfire. He became team leader when Sunfire and Silver Samurai left, And in the comic book, he is much less childish and written in a way more calculating way because he's such a kid genius that he's, you know they always give him that little bit of sociopathic tendency as always. And and they don't really. I mean, it's it's addressed how his father died, but uh, um, the story of how he gets over it is a lot more played down, and not really the central focus of Big Hero Six. Much like it is the plot of the film, in order because the, the plot of the film is much more emotionally poignant. But I think that's all I got on uh, Big Hero Six. And there's you know they're fun comic books, I'd say. Um, I'm not sure if they're worth. A re- I wouldn't. I'm not gonna wholeheartedly recommend them. If you like the movie, it's fun to see where the comic books uh, characters come from and how ridiculous like Wasabi No Ginger is. First of all, his name, and uh, how ridiculous Fredzilla is, and how funny Honey Lemon can be, just because she pulls anything out of that purse no matter what the situation. Uh, but other than that, Big hero six about ten comic books can read them in a day. Skyler. Talk to me about the music of BH6.
2: Me, music of BH6, is written by Henry Jackman, who we've talked about a few times on this program, being the composer of X-Men First Class and Captain America the Winter Soldier. And for his uh, music this time out, he delivers a score that is every bit as fun, characteristic, and uh, slick, I should say, As the animated movie itself, let's take a listen to the main theme here of Big Hero 6 with the track, wait for it, Big Hero 6. (laughs)
0: energetic sound i gotta say uh but it doesn't what you what what i've noticed is is it doesn't really lock down on any key chain of notes to develop a really like iconic theme there are a lot of similar sounds repeating themselves but it doesn't seem like they're repeating themselves in the same way no uh that track in particular seems to be
2: you know very incidental maybe i shouldn't have called it you know, the main theme or whatnot. It's just during, I believe, one of the main uh, moments of the film. Yeah, it is hard to kind of lock down a specific theme for this one. One thing I do like about this track and the one coming up at the end is there is definitely a meshing of sounds between the kind of Japanese influence of the material and the new techno-robotic garbledy goop to make something that's even if it doesn't mesh as a solid theme it comes across as a sound that fits the movie so uh, switching gears on this next one is The Masked Man which accompanies our antagonist of the film and that one from when I remember listening to it does kind of follow something more tangible as a, uh, a theme for a character. Cue up! <laughs>
0: For a moment there I feel like I'm in an opera. A lot of flutes going up and down and then just underneath it all a little bit of techno reverb. Like you're it's it's so close to dropping some sort of uh Daft Punk Dead Mouth beat, beep but then just back to the flutes. Back to the orchestra.
2: Drop the flute. Yeah, no, that's definitely a more Operatic uh kind of sound you know got the big low brass boom 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 all that fun stuff uh yeah, it's kind of funny I talk about how it gets more into that techno thing and then the very next one we have is all this uh more traditional sound at least until that moment you're talking about, but to uh fall more in line with the movie itself and uh what we first listen to is first flight from well, you guessed at that scene where a uh, hero and Baymax first take flight.
0: What a magical scene, ah, just you know the thrill what is with films? always having this this real revealing sort of uh intimate scene where a character first learns that they can fly in any way or fashion there's always filled this, there's just always a scene dedicated to that moment. How to train your dragon did it um. I, I swore Superman has done it like twice, uh, and 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 I mean a lot of uh, I mean what the Green Lantern there's another song in that we 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 sampled a song called First Flight in Green Lantern didn't we? Well, uh, we're going to fly now, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah.
2: No, uh, symbolism, man. It's like flying is meant to find your wings and if you're how to, to train your dragon.
0: It's uh, it's it's. I think it's the hidden, you know, the hidden wish of every human being to just be able to not be constrained, right? To 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 feel freedom of of not even gravity is holding you down. You can you can literally go away. gravity. Uh, you you. I mean, another example: Harry Potter when he flies on the hippogriff. But anyway, um, or the broomstick. Yeah, that too. It's just
1: or uh, Ron Weasley's flying Ford Angela. <laughs> it was also very magical. Actually, that one was... I want to say it was 10. a 76 Ford Angela, but I'm not sure.
0: Oh, you should be. You got to do your research, Ben. Um, uh, any more uh, music you want to talk about there, Sky Guy? Or anything no, else I to mean, deal with the power of flight and how it's such a... Uh, 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 an an uplifting human uh, transcendental experience that no one has ever experienced outside of if you're in a plane. Now, I may be
2: mistaken and by that I mean I know I'm mistaken, but I think the underlying message of these films when they use this flight metaphor is that mankind needs to evolve to emulate birds too much and just get hollow bones and Start eating dead things. You know that's there's one thing we already eat dead things. What do you think meat is? Dead dead
0: things. (laughs) Scavengers. Dead raw (laughs) things. Um, What do you think sushi is? I've I've had a hankering for. It's to uh, vomit uh, my food back into my offspring. I've. You're absolutely right. There's an evolutionary need for me to do that.
2: Yes, and while I would hope your sushi isn't rotting, I can't... I what do
1: can't, you call that Norwegian rotting fish delicacy?
0: Uh, lutefisk.
1: lutefisk. No, that's, that's been cured in lye. It's actually like fermented anchovies.
0: Ugh. Whatever, dude.
2: Well, whatever yeah. meal that is, the people have clearly caught on to the bird sensation and are going to be the first ones... To get their hollow bones and flight, speaking yep. of evolution,
0: ben let's talk about science let's talk about science and big hero six the yes absolutely uh, some of the 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 fan favorite section of the show for some and and the most boring section for others, depending on who you are you know who
1: you are yeah. <laughs> What are you talking what section are you talking about
0: <laughs> All of them Absolutely actually. Someone
1: bored me because I don't remember it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, let's talk about the first setup uh, the first topic on our list of science and that is Baymax and his original purpose in the film as a robotic nurse. Ben, do we have yes. robotic
1: nurses? We not only have robotic nurses, but we have robotic nurses that look a lot like Baymax. Uh a Japanese company is developing a 300-pound robot nurse that looks like a bear. Tasks that nurses do, like um, you know, lifting patients out of beds, um, you know, helping people stand up from wheelchairs, stuff like that.
0: That's what's, kind of terrifying. Yeah, what's this thing called so I can Google it?
1: Bears are not cuddly.
0: Uh, it's called Robear. I type in like Robear robot. Oh, it's adorable. God, Sky, but, well, yeah. look at this thing. It's adorable. I, it looks a bit too much like the the pedo bear. I gotta say. Um, oh uh, yeah, I, the meme. Yeah, a little bit too much like that. But it's all the pictures of it are of it lifting an in, an in invalid um, yeah, or just, a, a, like a volunteer. That is kind of adorable, right? Now, does, if it, they
2: put, does it talk? I'm not sure. Now, if they put claws on it, that would be. Uh, Step in the wrong direction. Well, I mean it's also, you know, could be kind of
1: counterproductive, right?
0: Does does it is it able to uh, enact treatment of sorts? Like does it have uh, antibiotics in it and mm-hmm. can can it apply such things?
1: One of like the biggest applications of artificial intelligence is diagnostics. So you could like have just like put all your symptoms into this Robot, and then it'll say, oh, well, it's probably this.
0: Isn't that what we think WebMD does now, though? But this would be much yeah, better. Yeah, but it
1: doesn't do it very well. Okay. It, I, like, I, I was like, okay, I definitely have a muscle strain. And it's like, no, your hip's falling out. And I said, yeah, no, no, it's not that.
0: Sorry. Oh my God. I'm just looking at screenshots of this thing, and it is so damn cute. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm losing my mind a little bit. Although it doesn't have, like, legs. How does this thing get around? It's on wheels? Oh, it's oh, it's just like if you put yeah. uh, a bear costume over um, a little, you know, the old sparring buddies used to have. You remember those sparring dummies um, that you would just punch with a boxing glove that lit up in different places? Maybe I'm b- quoting a very specific experience you, in my childhood.
1: You were a child of the late 90s and early 2000s, clearly. Yeah. Um. <laughs> As a child of the late 80s to mid 90s, I don't remember that at all.
0: Okay.
2: This this thing is so cute; it makes me want to forget all those creepy, uh, uncanny valley sex robots that Japan keeps pumping out.
0: <laughs> oh, never forget. Oh, okay. Anything else you want to talk about, Robo Bear? Is there anything else this thing can do? Ben. I think he's gone. Oh, I think we lost Ben. But he, he looks
2: happy in his final. Moment. I'm not
1: gone. You're high <laughs> oh, now. he's back. I've been here the whole time, and I'm ready to okay. talk about nanobots.
0: All right, you want to talk about nanobots? Let's talk about nanobots. Yep. What about them? This is your section, damn it! I can't lead you into everything.
1: Well, I like doing like a question and answer stuff because if I just start talking, I don't know what you know what people want to know about. But you, okay.
0: Well, what what the, we wanted to, the 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 system is Ben. Start from the movie. And then work your way into realism, and then describe whether or not the movie did a good job, or if if this is cool because it's real. It doesn't need to be like we might have thought it was fiction. um, Because uh, what what the hell did we talk about last? Oh, uh, cosmic rays in Fantastic Four. Cosmic rays. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. okay, I got it now. I got it.
0: Let's start this (laughs) one over.
1: All right. I'm ready to talk about nanobots.
0: Let's talk about nanobots.
1: Yeah, all right, so diddly-bendy straw thingies, um, and you control them with your brain, and you can use them to like build stuff and punch through walls, and yeah. it's pretty cool. I was just going to say within the context of the movie, the problem with that is if you lose concentration for a single instant and you're standing on a platform 200 feet in the air, then you're, you're kind of dead, presumably. I, I, it'd be an interesting challenge trying to get your brain to stay focused on that all the time. But I will say nanobots are something that a lot of scientists are working on and they're very excited. Uh, Actually, one of my professors, one of my physics professors uh, for my undergraduate, uh, her area of research was into nanomachines. So building like gears and switches and stuff at the scale, you know, a really tiny scale. Um, the size of the cells in our body are smaller. And she, she had some pretty cool pretty cool
0: stuff. but the big problem what did she build? Did she build nanobots? Like legit? Okay, so okay. Let's back up.
1: The main reason that these micro machines and nanobots are so difficult is because a little nanobot and it's on a little bendy thing like it is in the movie, there's gonna be an enormous amount of friction at that joint. Just because it's so small, friction acts differently like completely differently. Um, really. And so yeah, and the whole her whole area of research was how friction behaves at these really small scales. And that's what makes nanobots and nanomachines part of what makes them so difficult is that the f- friction is going to be enormous. You have to do some some weird and difficult things to actually get these things to move because the friction's that that intense.
0: So what if they what are some troubleshooting solutions?
1: Basically, with what you coat your materials in. Um, so I, f- I forget what when I, when I was when I graduated. Um, she was investigating the frictional properties of some like aluminum oxide patina or something to see if like maybe you could build use it to build these nano nano machines.
0: That's pretty ballin'. I mean, just, so yeah, just, like, just drown the stuff in turtle wax.
1: Yeah, so I mean the what we see in the movie, a little far fetched. Uh certainly Hero solved a an enormous engineering problem.
0: <laughs> well the I love I love how in the movie like he gives that big presentation how he's like nanobots could change the world and you go, damn right it could. Like that like you've already yeah. created something unrealistically amazing. Going going um, back to medical
1: applications, you could have these bots go in go into individual cells.
0: And if they're that tiny, yeah. Uh, you, you, but,
1: could, you could have like robotic white blood cells go in and eat an infection.
0: Oh, uh, amazing.
1: So yeah, um, it would change the world. It's a tremendously difficult engineering problem to solve, though.
0: I believe it. So did the last topic we have, did you want to talk about Honey Lemon? Because I am... So want to talk about honey yeah lemon. I can I mean I it I will find a chemist I, I feel as if I know one to describe honey lemon in in much greater detail and her abilities yeah later
1: yeah so I'm I'm not a chemist so like during her introduction scene or whatever uh, when she has like a, a ball of tungsten and then she turns it to dust, I would not be able to tell you if that's like a legitimate theoretically working chemical reaction. Um, I will say that writing like science jargony stuff, this is how it's done. <laughs> you know, like, like I'm I'm pretty discerning for that. Like, like if there's like bad science writing in a in a movie, I can be like, well, that's 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 terrible. <laughs> um, but in this one, I was like, okay, okay, okay. And uh, she mentioned she's using cobalt at one point in there, and I was like, I was <laughs> like, is that All cobalt? it takes is buzzwords.
2: <laughs> this is <laughs> and, not written by an English major,
1: apparently. <laughs> yeah, like like they had someone like come in and be like, okay, well, uh, tungsten is actually blue, or not tungsten. Cobalt is actually blue, so you got lucky there. Um,
0: <laughs> you got lucky. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or they're like, hey, tungsten's not yellow, so change that, so it doesn't look like. Piss. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I don't really have too much more to say about Honey Lemon, except that like that's some of like the best pseudoscience writing I've ever ever you know seen in a movie.
0: I I gotta talk to someone in, in yeah. depth. Chemists who listen to SHMC, I'm devoting a section to you. This is our also our, our, our week social media poll again for the week. Go
1: in that... go to the subreddit. And just yell at me for being wrong about everything.
0: Um, well, we say that every week, but but more specifically, say that you want to talk about Honey Lemon stuff, and you've yeah. got some stuff to say, and boom, you 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 have. Yeah. I will give you 15 minutes, and we're gonna talk. Uh, because I am, I was in the when I was watching this movie in theaters, I was like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing for the science section. And then Ben just comes up to me and says, oh, I don't know anything about chemistry, so I didn't even look at it. And I, oh, I, want, <laughs> ah, I became so steamed. I was, You're the excitement disappeared. I don't
1: really know why. I was.
0: I was well I was very um I was looking I was looking forward to talking about this a whole lot cuz I'm so intrigued by it and I don't know anything and I really want to talk to someone who does. Uh because no, chemistry man, is unfortunately, awesome, that's, but it's that's really not me. tough. <laughs> it's, <laughs> meanwhile yeah. meanwhile if you were to
2: ask me the best answer I could give would be like as far as chemistry goes I know honey lemon goes really well in tea. Yo
1: yes. actually though you get you get your uh yeah, you get like a like a, a good Earl Grey or an English breakfast tea and just like a, a square lemon juice and a teaspoon of honey and you're oh you're
0: set, man. You it's have delicious. no more sore throat. Mm, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh I don't think we've got fun facts. Right? Oh I got one. This whole
1: movie is fun. That's a fact.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh this movie has a uh, TJ Miller in it. Who is also in uh, How to Train Your Dragon Two? So apparently that guy has a thing for big animated movies from last year. He's gonna Fun be a Deadpool. Oh, that's true. Fun fact:
1: I did not like How to Train Your Dragon Two at what?
0: all. What? <laughs> it's <laughs> like a good, good
1: movie. <laughs> I did. I did see it before seeing How to Train Your Dragon One. Oh, but dude. I feel like that shouldn't matter.
0: No, that hurts you. It definitely hurts you.
1: But like a well made sequel should not depend on your having seen the first movie, in my oh, opinion.
0: For kids I think
2: it should. It should I've, matter even less then. I've heard they're very different movies. They are From, very
0: different. Okay. Uh well how does Train Your Dragon, the first one, deals with a father son relationship, how does Train your Dragon two deals with the the, 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 the the relationship between the father and, and the estranged mother and, and and the boy seeing his mother for the for a long time having not not like grown up with her as well as you know how love deals over mind control. That one was a smaller pup. but anyway, uh, we're gonna move on. To gonna our move on. But I was new gonna say, section, uh, here at SHMC, we are we are get, getting rid of because of this movie, um, mostly because we were sucking at it hardcore. <laughs> we're
2: getting rid of because of this movie because of these movies.
0: <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> we're on point with restating things <laughs> as jokes. Um, so we're introducing a new section called Drinking Game Rules. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna state moments, we're gonna create uh, either either we're gonna have maybe have a couple written down or go off the top of our head, and we're gonna create some 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 rules if you were to take watching this movie and turn it into a drinking game. Um, and we're going to see how much fun we have with this section. So uh, I'm going to start us off, and with the obvious one, every time Baymax goes for the fist bump, you got to take a shot. but la lot la Bottoms up, bitch. Uh,
1: one drink every time that cat is on screen to celebrate how adorable it is. moshi go.
2: It is the,
0: the mochi rule.
2: And you got to drink some paint thinner when... That weird attempted murder scene comes, just to uh, make it hit home that much more.
0: Yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to keep, you have to pour your drink up, and you can't stop drinking until the music comes back. Uh, during that weird scene where Hero Six uh, Baymax to murder that man, and just the music cuts out for a good five minutes.
1: I liked that scene
0: because it's for
1: the kids. <laughs> Kids need to be... Okay, whatever. Kids I, love I, it. Yeah, I... Whatever. I'm going to be the worst dad ever because I'm like, no, kids are... All, like, my fucking five-year-olds can handle this, like, really kind of disturbing scene where this dude tries to get his best friend to murder the dude. Straight up.
2: <laughs> okay, um, we grew I'd up with the- uh, Batman the Animated Series, so I think everything pales in comparison to that murder level. Anyway,
1: <laughs> also Redwall, the animated series. Which one? There's a lot Redwall, the animated series.
2: Oh, Redwall. It, it aired no
1: on one PBS that, from 1999 <laughs> until 2002.
0: The Secret of Nymph.
1: <laughs> no, not that one. Um, there's a lot of murder oh, in that The too. other, other
0: mouse related fantasy novel. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget Reepa of The Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs>
2: Yeah. How about Watership Down? <laughs>
0: you know, okay. That's about rats. Uh, oh. we're gonna, yeah. Dogs. yeah. Uh, um, we're going to flip it around. Uh, take a drink every time Baymax does something adorable. And discretion, uh, user discretion is used for that one because it could be a lot, could
1: be a little. Take a drink every time Hero has Tadaki feels. <laughs> <laughs> Which basically okay. just chug for like the... St- Second act of the movie.
2: (laughs) Take a long sober drink every time you realize that Marvel's inability to get a good villain has bled over into their animated
0: field. Oh, yep. Every time that thought crosses your mind, you have to drink and you have to tell everyone that you thought it, therefore causing them to drink. That's the rule. It's sort of a pass it on kind of deal. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> finish whatever ha-
2: you have in front of you when Stan
0: Lee shows up. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, that's Is how you uh, in this one? He's at the the end credit scene. Oh I did not stick around for the end
1: credit scene. i when PMAX asks you to rate your pain, take one drink for every pain you would rate.
0: <laughs> for your current pain rating.
1: Yeah, there we go. Take a drink for your current take one drink for drink to your current pain rating. There we go.
0: Okay. Um <laughs> and finish the bottle when you realize you have underlying feelings for the animation of Aunt Cass.
1: <laughs> Don't be gross.
0: <laughs> is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I was able to get a laugh out of you guys, um, but that'll finish it up tonight here at SH. too.
1: I shouldn't have laughed at it because I knew it was coming.
0: <laughs> if you like it's you right hear, there <laughs> I did write that one down even though I was saving it for last if you like what you hear please uh, show us your support by rating SHMC on iTunes free to do as always give us your own little drinking game rules on the uh, subreddit isn't that right Ben that
1: is right so if you want to talk about the episode with us uh, or any past any past show uh, we want you to come to our subreddit, uh, r Superhero Movie Club. Uh, we want to know just anything, any fun facts you have on the movie, any corrections you want to give, uh, fun facts, drinking game rules, whatever, man. Popcorn
2: Skyler. And make sure to rate your pain at our Twitter feed, at SuperheroMC. And while you're there, give us your questions, concerns, comments, whatever,
0: and we'll read them on the air. Okay, so that'll do it today. SHMC is recorded and produced by Triop Cop Studio Productions. Website pending. I'm your host, Michael Maurer, James Skyler Houtsma, uh, and Ben Anderson. All right, and I hope you all have a super week.